Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 12, titled Queens Everywhere. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one melodious co-host. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Your tone seems very pointed right now. <laughs> to Taylor, yes! the latte boy. Hello, One of my favorite quotes of all time yeah. of Drag Race. I am glad that I'm glad that one came out. Yeah, I want everyone to know who's listening. Uh, there were no quotes really to pull from this episode, so I had Taylor do like a quote roulette, and he picked uh, a number, a letter on that one, and that was what came out. That one, on his on his uh, quote roulette. That's what came out there. Um, Taylor, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's been a busy week been a very busy week well you know what there was so not anything that happened in this episode let's get right to it so that we can get out of here as soon as possible so we're doing cardio this week instead of heavy lifting we're doing cardio this week instead of yeah because because everybody knows that you and i are big fans of cardio yeah who she (laughs) who dat who dat all right well let's get to it this week, Michelle enters the workroom and she gives the girls their assignments, write and record a verse for RuPaul's newest single, Queens Everywhere, learn a choreographed dance routine, and bring their best drag to the runway. The girls record with Todrick and are guests on RuPaul's podcast. They all sing Kumbaya and perform it in a music video, all shot in one take. On the main stage, RuPaul has the girls talk to their younger selves and tries to get them to cry. In the end, Brooklyn Heights and Vanessa Vanjie Mateo face off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. After all was said and done, Brooklyn got a ticket to the finale, and Vanjie was asked to sashay away. Taylor Vellante Boy, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. This episode was very middle of the road. Mm-hmm. This episode was very cookie cutter, um, and I you said a lot of things on first response that I definitely agreed with as far as it was a very safe episode. Um, two things that I liked was I liked that they seem to have stepped up their game for the one take video. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video itself, I think, was much better than the Kitty Girl video they mm-hmm. did for All Stars 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there was definitely more distinct uh, movements between, like, where each girl seemed to have a room that she was in versus the one that just kind of was. Oh, the camera I just- see what you're saying. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah, I, it's I like the song Kitty Girl better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I thought the video for this one was actually better than that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that I liked was I liked all of all five of them. If we were still doing Tudor Boots, would mm-hmm. get Toots this week. I thought for the their final looks of all five girls were really, really. They 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 saved their best. For, uh, they most of them saved their best for last. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, some were a little less than others, but mm-hmm. everybody I thought looked beautiful. Yeah, something mm-hmm. I did not like, and I will say this for this episode for every single season, mm-hmm. the whole pulling out a picture. Right, so dumb. Uh, yeah, it, it's just it's because again. The, the queens know to expect this. Mm-hmm. The queens know that this is coming. Obviously, because I'm sure they say you have to bring a picture of yourself as a child sort of thing. But again, they do this thing now of we're much like with everything else. They're prepared for it. And the, the speeches do not seem genuine. And they, they are very pageant answers. And it's they're not anybody that teared up with one possible exception. It felt very 
It felt forced. It felt faked. Fake. It. The whole thing. This, this felt very producer produced mm-hmm. this week. It felt very heavily, heavily produced this week. Um, with some topics, one of which I feel like we're going to talk about in the talk about during the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so funny. You know, I already gave what I liked and didn't like. I found right. even anything to dislike about this episode. If I, I found it difficult to find anything to dislike, if you listen to my first response, for the usually when I say I found a, something to struggle to say that I liked, it means I have found a lot to dislike. I found actually some, it, it was such a meh episode to me that yeah. I struggled finding something to like and dislike about the episode. It was just like it, it felt like it, it felt like it felt like they were doing a tribute to f- previous episodes. Like, oh, we've seen this all before. Let's just do it again. You know, yeah. It was and, cookie cutter. It was, it was super, cookie super cookie cutter. cookie cutter. It was cookie cutter, and, and there wasn't that much to say about the episode. All right, well, then let's, you know, before we move on, I want to say this. I want to say this. The show is coming to an end pretty soon, Taylor. Are you excited about that? I can't fucking wait. I can't, <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Only because, only because there are numerous things that I have to do in my real life that Friday afternoons are the only time that I normally have to do it. Yeah. And I've been slowly putting them on hold and they're starting to back up. Yeah. So I just keep telling myself two more weeks after this, it's two more weeks. And then I get my Friday afternoons back. Yeah, I you will, sure do. I, 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 I have enjoyed this experience of doing this with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just, and if this was, if this was one of these seasons, if this was a, Shea Coulee season. If this yeah. was a season nine or something yeah. like that, I'd be I'd be in for. It. But I think this season is so milk toast mm-hmm. that it's making it difficult for me to drum up any sort of enthusiasm. My husband laughed at me because right at two o'clock when I went to the door of my office, I let out a sigh as I was shutting the door, which yeah. he was like, "Well, have fun." Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, you, you know, Taylor, I don't want to waste anyone's time. Uh, who's listening for free. They want to hear the show. So I'm going to cut this part out, and we'll be right back. This is going to be exclusively for Patreon supporters. And we're back. Taylor, I'm going to tell you something. Yep. Uh, this, um... Oh, let me, let's continue where I was. So here's what I was trying to say. <laughs> is once this season is over, RuPaul, un- unlike previous seasons... RuPaul's Drag Race recaps feed is not going to go dark. Two things are going to immediately happen immediately after the season is over. Okay? You're going to get two shows in your feed. In fact, if you go, oh, I'm going to miss Taylor the Latte Boy and Joe. No, you're not. Because about three years ago, going on three years ago, Taylor and I did a special Patreon season uh, a recap show of season six of RuPaul's Drag Race. And Taylor, chime in here, please. It is the best thing we've ever put out on anything, right? Am I wrong? It's a great It's a great season. It, it is a great, great season. It is a great season. It's just me, Taylor the Lante Boy. Guys, it's already done. Patreon supporters have had this for three years. We are going to slowly release those week by week for free. To you over the summer, you have to do all. You have to do anything. You just gotta just keep your feed open here on uh, iTunes, and you're gonna get those. Those are gonna be. Those are gonna come out Monday mornings uh, for everybody. And then, and by the way, I'm gonna announce this right now. Unless something changes, the show is changing fundamentally after the season is over. The rumor mill is coming to the main feed uh, in place of this show. So it's gonna be myself. George, 
well, Jorge, Jamila, and Evan giving you all the dirt, drama, and whatnot from the uh, world of RuPaul's Drag Race, and for and for this up for the off season, also the celebrity world. So it could be like beauty drama or YouTube drama or celebrity drama. We're bringing all that to you. So it's going to be two shows a week. You're going to get the rumor mill, and you're going to get the season six. And I'm telling you this right now. They're staying on the main feed permanently. So starting with the next RuPaul's Drag Race season, it's going to be the first... You're going to get three shows a week for free. The first response, the main feed, the main show, and then you're going to get the rumor mail three times a week right here on RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Uh, always bringing you the most content and look forward to that. So the, the rumor mail... So it's not going to be one of the things where we bring you the rumor mail and then snatch, take it away. It's going to be here mm-hmm. forever. You're going to get it after the Patreon supporters, but you're still going to get it. Taylor, any uh, other words before we go back into the show? No. No, oh. just I'm looking forward to season six. Listening to oh, it again. Oh, wow. Shade. Girl, that that is what's called classic, classic shade. Because, what? Well, because I go, we have these two new shows. We have Rumor Mill <laughs> and Season That's not Six. That's how I meant it. That is Rumor not Mill and Season Six. I go, any thoughts? I'm looking forward to season six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is not how I meant it. I will listen to I will listen to the rumor mill mm-hmm. when it goes. I, I have all of this. I haven't listened to any of the rumor mill at all this season. So I'm actually getting an extra show because I will get to listen to. I think it's like the last three episodes of the last all stars because you guys had started talking about season 11. So oh, I'm gonna. Really? I have all of this to listen to because there have been lots of times that Joe has said to me, "Did you listen to this week's rumor mill?" And I said no, and then he gets mad. Well, now I'll finally be able to listen to all of those. I've sent him screenshots of my downloaded um, episodes in my uh, podcast aggregator, mm-hmm. and it's just nothing but every episode of the rumor mill. And he just writes back like, "Whatever." Yeah. So. Well, let me let me. I'm going to tell you something here. Uh, I have nothing to say. Okay. Uh, I just. I just know. I look. Here's what I'm. T- I'm going to say. I know shade when I hear it. So when you say uh, that, really wasn't. I please. That wasn't shade. I'm looking forward to season six. The shade. The shade. <laughs> oh, that's not what I wanted to play. I wanted a shade, a shade rattle. Where is the that? shade button? I'm looking forward to season six. Well, I can't find it. I have oh. so many. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. okay sorry. Don't don't play it yet. So ask me the question again. Uh, any any words, Taylor? Any final words here in the episode? Well, I'm looking forward to season six. All right. Um, all right. After Nina's elimination, the girls gather around the mirror and talk about how hard it was to see Nina go home. Silky is shook by being in the bottom two. Akuria points out that she thought both girls would go home and that the two girls everyone named should go home were still in the competition. The girls in their confessionals talk about how underwhelmed they were with Silky's lip sync skills and Silky makes excuses for her lip sync. Silky makes up with Evie. The girls congratulate themselves for being in the top five and the girls learn that Silky's heel was broken the entire time during the lip sync. Taylor, your thoughts on this cold open? I thought, okay, I I have two thoughts that are possibly incongruent, which is shocking for me, I know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Silky having to lip sync and doing such a shit job was good because she kind of needed a little bit of humbling Mm -hmm. um, from who she thought she was and what she thought she could do on this season. Mm -hmm. That being said, this episode, this felt like the beginning of an episode in which they were trying to shoehorn 
a redemption for Silky prior to going into the finale so that she didn't get the, so that there was hope that she wouldn't be seen as the villain at the finale for, for the, the viewers at large that are going to watch the episode. I know that you went to the finale before this aired, but everything that they, they, they seem to be painting Silky in a much, much, much softer light this episode and recognizing all of these things about herself Mm -hmm. or being pushed to talk about these things about herself that just didn't feel, it it didn't feel like it was the same character that we watched for the previous 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like we've talked about how producer producer driven this season has been. It just felt very like, we've got to do something to like save this girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of thing. That was, that was the vibe I got throughout the entire episode, but particularly in that beginning part. That was where it started. Yeah, you know, the problem with this episode, we even see it here, is by this point, and I have no idea why, uh, the because if you think about it, this I, did somebody talk to them between the end and here? Or maybe they realize they're all in the top five, or and so there's that elation. They've made it through to the whole. In other words, they realize they've made it through. Whether they make it through to the finale or not, they've made it through the whole season, right? And maybe there's that relief because, remember, even the last episode, they were kind of fighting a little bit, you know, not yeah. much, but they were kind of fighting. Now, it's, remember, this is the same day as the episode, this cold open, and they're already, like, so much nicer to each other and just so loving each other and so, like, in this new place. And I, and I think, you know, the, the closest it gets is that everyone kind of gives side-eye when Silky says that uh, no scrubs isn't in her the kind of music that she likes. <laughs> And I think everyone thinks like I do, like, you're a fat black girl. That is like a song made for you, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think uh, they were just all like, because they realize she's making excuses for her poor lip sync skills. Right. You know? And uh, because that's the thing is she had been bragging and bragging and bragging. Oh, just get me. Even to the point where I kind of believed it, you know? Like, yeah. I think, even, I think even people who... Uh, didn't like Silky had to acknowledge that she had the swagger and the confidence that you would need to deliver a great lip sync. And so I think everyone was probably like, yeah, she's probably a great lip syncer. And so was surprised that she wasn't that good. And then to, to watch her make, make an excuse for why she wasn't that good was sort of crazy. Yeah. It's sort of cuckoo town. Um, other than that, though, there wasn't really much to that uh, cold open. Um, all right, let's move on. The next day, Michelle Visage entered the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. The girls are going to record. Uh, they're going to write and record their own tracks as part of the RuPaul single "Queens Everywhere." They will also be choreographed by Todrick Hall to the same number. Finally, they will each appear as a guest on RuPaul's podcast. What's the tea with Michelle Visage in the workroom? Akira thinks she may have written too much, but doesn't seem too stressed about it. Silky asks the girls what their plans are, and the girls all respond. Evie's going to brag. Vanjie feels she's already a rapper. Silky's going to do a tribute to big girls, and Brooke is doing a tribute to Canada. Taylor the Latte Boy, uh, any big thoughts on Michelle Visage's announcement of the Maxi Challenge and what happened in the workroom immediately after? No, I mean, again, it feels like where they all sit down and they all write and one feels very overly confident about her lyrics and then somebody else is a little bit more concerned. Um, I, I, I wasn't, it was sort of like, okay, we're doing the same thing that we always do. Yeah. It just, it felt, it felt very cookie cutter. 
Yeah, there really isn't much to say. I mean, there. That's why I struggled in the first response with this episode. Uh, you know, Evie said they just basically say this is what I'm going to do, and then if, remember after we go to commercial van, she just leaves to go do. I think she's going to do her recording session. And yeah. uh, she walks out the door, and that's the end. There really isn't much. They just kind of announce what they're going to do, and, and uh, Michelle tells them what to do. So there's not really much to discuss in this segment. But if you had any thoughts, I'd love to hear them. But you don't. Uh, are you ready to move on? Yes, you have something to say. Well, I, well, I have a question. What yeah. is the big deal about being top five? Like, it felt like they were pushing the whole five thing. Yeah. Instead of where they normally talk about top four or even mm-hmm. top three. Yeah. But five felt very like, are we going to see this pushed out to, you know, well, it's the top eight girls. It's the top, mm-hmm. it's the top, it's the top 12. Yeah. You know, it, it just was an odd number that they kept focusing on. Mm-hmm. Like this was a big deal. I get that whoever didn't, whoever was eliminated didn't go to the final, but it was very, I, I didn't, I didn't understand why they did that. I want to tell you something. I realize I don't care that you saw because you and I are friends. I realize that these shirts have a hole in them, holes in them, right under my arm, like right here is one right here. I can't see that. You can- oh, well now I can. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. And then there's one over here too. Look at that. Okay, well maybe it's time to get yourself some new shirts. No, I have new shirt. I have other shirts. I have I have a closet full of black shirts. This is just I know. One. I realized. Like, I, do you think I just scratch under my arms a lot, like a monkey? Okay, well, now I've got that mental picture I didn't necessarily need, but I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's like dungarees, like just constantly your arms moving against your sides. Oh, that's exactly what it is. You're right. It's exactly what it is. It's the friction. You're right. It's exactly Mm -hmm. what it is. I love how there's so little to talk about on this episode. We'll just be interspersing personal observations among the different acts. All right, here we go. Recording with Todrick. Vanjie does well. Akira needs more attitude and swag. Evie has too many words and not enough spook. Silky confuses Todrick. And Brooke is very confident in her own rap. Any thoughts on the recording sessions with Todrick? And specifically also the, his uh, man partner, Markaholic. <laughs> is is that his partner? No, no, no. Just like the guy who was there producing it. Oh, okay. Um, I thought that for this part, we, we definitely talked about the other um mentors this mm-hmm. season whether it was Alyssa or whether it was travis wall or Giannis. Giannis was that his name Giannis something know. um and we've talked about comparing and contrasting to todrick and i thought in this section todrick was a good mentor i agree i would agree I in this section yes. Yes. yes i thought i thought that he was supportive he never got too shady. Yes. He never got. He never got too. Well, girl, if you want the credit in this section, in this section, I agree. In with this you, section, I thought place. he was good. And if if this is something where rather if we can move to where Travis or Yanis does choreography and they bring in Todrick for this, mm-hmm. I and he acts like I would be okay with that. I would. I would. I would be accepting of him filling in the Lucian Piani yeah. piece mm-hmm. in that regards. Yeah. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I thought he was fine. Uh, nothing much. To, there were no nobody was so off. The closest was Silky. Kind of, Todrick was expecting her to have because so much swag she has in her personality that she'd bring more swag to her rap. Mm-hmm. And I was a little surprised that she didn't, but that was the worst that it got in the segment. It was. It seemed like everybody pretty much delivered, even Akira, who he was the same sort of problem. 
Oh, and the, and they made that scene worse. They the the producers with the whole coming up and everything was wrong and the and the before the commercial and then everything was fine when you actually saw it with the music and stuff. Yeah. They made that scene much worse when Silky made the ah like that and like Tantric's yeah. eyes got really big. Yeah, like you thought that was going to be a problem, and that from what we could tell, that was the one time that she kind of tripped on her words. Yeah, and but then she got it, and he seemed. Like he said, it was fun to watch Todrick watching them get their grooves. Yeah. So in that regards, we're not big Todrick Hall fans here as far as he is on, on drag race. But um, I thought, I thought this was pretty good. All right. Very good. Meanwhile, the podcast with RuPaul and Michelle, Vanjie feels blessed for the second chance. Akuria is raising her nephew. Evie cries. Silky recognizes her weaknesses and Brooke is afraid of looking dumb any thoughts on the What's the Tea episode, Taylor? I will say this. Again, mm-hmm. another cookie cutter part of the show. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. I felt like Rue and Michelle kind of pulled back a little bit. And it wasn't quite so, I'm going to hit all your fingers with a hammer until you cry mm-hmm. by asking these really hard questions. It felt like it felt more natural. It felt more like a conversation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so, you know... Why do you not like yourself? After asking a bunch of fun questions, like kind of hitting it with this, you know, grenade type thing. Mm-hmm. Evie, in particular, this episode seemed done. And by done, I don't mean that she was over it. I meant Evie seemed physically exhausted mm-hmm. <laughs> or emotionally exhausted through this, where she looked like she was on the verge of tears a bunch of times through mm-hmm. the through the episode. And I liked seeing her be that vulnerable yeah i guess it made it made me fall in love with evie a little bit more mm-hmm. you know i i i it made me want to see her be top two final yeah like that that's I'm, I'm looking for that um and because i feel like i connected with evie a little bit more this episode than maybe i have in previous episodes mm-hmm. so i thought i thought the interview sections were pretty good i didn't get the whole i get that it was sponsored by facetune too but the selfies they did were not very good. And holding a selfie stick like that just made Michelle look like somebody's gamma. <laughs> like oh, I, I got one of these fancy selfie sticks. Come over here. You know, yeah. cause you don't see people with selfie sticks anymore. No, you don't. Huh? No, no, you really, I think don't. a lot of places ban them. So also they, people realize they look kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, here we go. Another uh, personal anecdote interspersed with the show because it's just so little to talk about you know i went to the finale on monday taylor as i mentioned Did before. yep yeah and before that i met with some listeners some listeners okay. wanted to meet me one of them i'll give their um i'll give their first names jesse and brie uh wanted to meet with me and I, I wanted to meet with them too we agreed to meet up and we met there's an umami burger right next door to the orpheum theater and yes. they showed up um uh, Jesse showed up with his. I'm saying yes, like I know that. I, yeah. I, okay. <laughs> Jesse showed up with his husband. Mm-hmm. Bree showed up with two friends. These okay. two friends. By the way, let me talk about Bree and Jesse. First of all, Jesse, so nice, so wonderful, so generous. Because you know, I took um, Menti Armando and his girlfriend Carla. Carla's a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. And so, since Evan didn't want these tickets, I just gave them to Carla and Armando. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And so they went, and so we went to dinner. You know, once again, if you ever go to the finale, because it's six hours long, it's really smart to eat right before. Because it's a, right. you're, you're, there's no food there, there's nothing, you're, you're there, right? That's my life motto. Yeah. It's always smart to eat before. <laughs> yeah. So we, I said, eat a big meal, buddy, because you know, you're not going to eat for six hours. You know, mm-hmm. There's nothing, right? And so, uh, so we were eating, and Jesse you know, was with us and, and his husband and, and Bree and her friends. Jesse picked up the tab for everybody at the table. That's nuts. That's crazy, That's right? Nuts. Yes. And so That's very I, kind. It's very, very, very kind. And, and we really, really, really appreciate it. And he told Bree, because Bree was like, let me pay you, right? And he was like, uh, do me this favor. This is even more kind. He says, donate to Joe's nonprofit. Uh, and what? That, yes. And then I'll even top that. I got a donation from Bree to the nonprofit. For what she thought, yeah, I'm not going to say how much, but a very yeah. generous donation from Brie for, to the nonprofit. And I was like, oh, my God, these people are so amazing. But the other thing, too, Taylor, and it was, I know this is going to sound so narcissistic and awful and solipsistic, actually. It was great to meet these people because you realize, oh, the people who listen to the show, they have lives and friends and jobs mm-hmm. and they're complete human beings. They're just not names in a chat room. They have a whole, they do really, they, both of them have really cool jobs. They have really cool friends and or husband. And it was, like, oh my God, we actually touch people. Um, and if you're under 23, <laughs> I was going to say, hi, Aiden. <laughs> Over 18 and under 23 in, in, in more ways than you anticipated. And uh, at the $10 Patreon level. Yeah, at the $10 Patreon, <laughs> you get to date Joe Batanz. Um And uh, so it was amazing to sort of deal with um, them in, in that way, you know, to mm-hmm. to meet real people. And so, that, so Bree, Jesse, it was very lovely meeting you. And uh, it was fantastic. Well, I look forward to maybe meeting them next year. Oh yeah, they were, oh my maybe god, they are year. such big fans. So they would be so they would be so excited to meet you. And mm-hmm. there for people that live on this coast and maybe in my area, there may be an opportunity for folks to meet me coming in the near future. Details to follow. Joe doesn't even know about this. Hmm, I'm trying to figure out what it is. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you when we're done with the show. Oh, okay. Cuz it's cuz it's not official yet, but I I was asked something today that I was like, yes. Taylor's the new host of uh, All Right, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm combining All Right, Mary, Squirrel Friends, Cocktail Hour. uh, What are the other ones? The other shows, all the other ones, and we're just going to do a big. We're we're starting a Dry Grace Network. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to be I'm going to be the president and CEO. Yeah, very good. I own 51 percent of these podcasts. Yeah, all right, very good. All right, moving on. It's a it's a dance rehearsal, and Akira struggles. Vanjie needs to bring the face. Brooke is white. Evie flails around, and Silky brings the moves. Later, Todrick leads the girls to a set of the music video and tells them they will have one chance to get it right. And the girls look nervous. Any uh, any thoughts there taylor on the dance rehearsal well this was where todrick started to show his true colors um yeah but it wasn't as bad as it had been um you know uh here's here you know you're right i think todrick isn't as bad as he was uh in in the um as he has in previous seasons but but that said um 
he is still problematic in that, like, I felt with that last choreography, he was so... Remember when Evie was having problems? He yeah. was so understanding. And yet, um, in this one, he wasn't... as Todrick was like, I, I brought this up in the first response, but he thanked Silky for not having asked for adjustments. Yes, I... I which, that talk about a shade button. Yeah. That, that, that's a, I didn't expect your fat ass to be able to do the things mm-hmm. that you were able to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, 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 was, that was kind of... That was a backhanded compliment of for the time that 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 was that was not i i noticed that too and i'm glad that you picked up on that and talked about it in first response yeah yeah but that's very tantric i mean like i think he think that's what i oh i can't you know the whole thing is that i think michelle does this too they they're what happens is i believe that they're friends with the producers and they could be even including rupaul so they're going to be do they're going to be the henchmen they're going to be the smithers to the mr burns that are the people who run this show and they're going to do their dirty work for them even if they're not asked i think to, basically it's the thing you know what's funny is it's what rupaul accuses the queens of doing I feel Michelle and Todrick do it themselves. They self-produce. They've decided they're going to be producers now, and they're going to act the way that they feel they should be acting. Yeah. No, I can I can definitely see that. It it felt very it felt it feels like a um hungry statement, mm-hmm. and that they're trying to that Todrick maybe has recognized in times past. That he is not his attitude is not as appreciated mm-hmm. working in previous seasons, but he just figures if he gets if he hits that right spot, if he hits that right sweet spot, then he will be the new fourth judge mm-hmm. that'll be in rotation all the time for um for for the judges panel. I, guess- I have a question for you go ahead. I have a question for you so fuck Mary kill, yeah. Todrick Hall, mm-hmm. Dustin Lance Black. Mm-hmm. I'm writing these down. Uh, oh God, what the hell's his name? Neil Patrick Harris's husband. Oh, uh, David Burka. David Burka. Yeah. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. Okay. I think it's an easy one, actually. I think you kill Todrick, right? And not because he's black. You're racist out there. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, he's the most annoying. That took a turn. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. He's the most annoying, right? This Dustin Lance Black, <laughs> I'd fuck him because at least you know. I guess if I squint my eyes, he's somewhat fuckable. Maybe, right? And Mary David Burkup. The only thing with I mean, the only problem he seems to be a good father, right? Stay at home. Okay, dad, you know. And the only problem with this David Burka is he has Lucille Ricardo syndrome, Lucy Ricardo syndrome, where he yeah. wants to be a star, you know? Yeah. And so he's trying. And now, what is he now? What is he doing now? Like, he has some new cockamamie. He's a cookbook author or something? Uh, he's like a home entertaining, like a party thrower. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, every, it's, every, it's something every plus week with this you, guy. If you fuck Dustin Lance Black, there's mm-hmm. a chance you could have a three-way, which means you're having a three-way with Tom Daly. Yes, exactly. Whereas I wouldn't want to have a three-way with David Burke and Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, no, no. I find this Neil Patrick Harris. I, I think he's a nice looking fellow, but I find him very asexual. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I find all three of these guys very asexual. Am I wrong? The three th- of the fuck, Mary kill? Yeah. I find all of them very asexual. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I, I, Tantric's a little sexual. Meh. Oh, because he, he's got the moves. 
Does so, he though? Now I now I want to think about Tom Daly. Can we just talk about Which Tom Daly? Because Tom Daly's so twinky and you don't like twinks. I know, but there's something about him that I just he's, Here's he's, what's funny. Here's what's funny. I like twinks. He doesn't do it for me. Really? Well, because yeah. he's kind of a buff twink. You don't like you don't like him lithe and that could get blown over by a no, stiff wind. Not true. I like this Brent uh er- Everett. What are your thoughts on this guy, this Noah? Oh, what's his oh, name? Noah? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm all about him. Yes. Yeah, he's very cute. Have you yeah. seen have you seen his jerk off video? I have. I don't rem- I don't remember it though. Yes, I have seen it. It's I I get why he's getting all the big roles. Yeah. Same thing with this Keenan Lonsdale. I like him and his Does he have a jerk off video? Oh, sure does, Taylor. Sure oh, does. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quick plug for the uh, blog, omgblog.com. They have all the good stuff there at omgblog.com. Uh, I don't know anybody who works for them. I just, I just, I just know they're on my constant reading list, too. Um, all right. Very good. Let's move on. It's Elimination Day, and the girls are welcomed into the last day in the workroom with drinks from Mickey's in West Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> Silky thanks the girls for accepting her for who she is and acknowledges she isn't the easiest person to deal with. Brooke thanks everyone for helping her come out of her shell. Evie thanks all the girls for accepting her for who she is. Silky has a special hairdo for the day. The girls go over their favorite moments from the season. And Vanjie and Brooke inform everyone that they plan to continue the relationship after the season wraps. Taylor the Latte Boy. Any thoughts there on the Elimination Day? Okay, well, let's get one thing straight. Yeah. The drinks weren't from Mickey's. The drinks were from a laser printer that would print on stickers (laughs) that you can slap on glass. I didn't get the whole why. That was a weird plug to think, where they're all going to drink. Think, I, I think I have a theory what it is. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, I get that a lot of the queens, particularly the Los Angeles-based queens, mm-hmm. perform at Mickey's. Yeah. So it just felt very – I know that we had the whole Hamburger Mary's thing a while mm-hmm. back where Hamburger Mary's was the sponsor for Untucked. Um, but uh, yeah. this, was, this, was, this was a very odd, specific club – it just it was weird a lot of the, your average listener mm-hmm. your average viewer is going to have no idea what mickey's is well it's great promotion for mickey's i was putting them on the map you know um i'll bet you mickey's provided all the booze this world okay. of wonder is so cheap that mickey's was like we'll prepare the booze we'll even make the mixes and they probably maybe provided someone who came down there and mixed the drinks for them did all the work for every episode of untucked notice they only got one plug at the end though I and mean, to them yeah. probably, that was the thank you was that they got the one plug at the end for the drinks for mickey's i feel one now during the hamburger mary season i think they always plugged hamburger mary's right yeah yeah, well, I mean, you got the thing at the bottom of where it said Untucked that said sponsored by Hamburger Mary's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so but then now, they decided to diversify and go into Camp Wanakiki because that was a good business. Oh, yeah, move. Hamburger Mary's had to go into Camp Wanakiki, that horrible, horrible show that I wanted to do an even worse with. podcast. Oh, that you, if, I hope Lori's not listening. Lori, <laughs> she is listening. Lori, That's why I said it. Lori is, might disagree. Everyone should know on Patreon, we did a recap of the horrible YouTube drag competition show, Camp Wanakiki, which was put on by... Let me tell you guys this, if you guys don't know, it's on YouTube, okay? It's a show on YouTube, this Camp Wanakiki. It takes place at a summer camp in Illinois or Wisconsin or something like that. And it's all something these, like, like that, Midwestern yeah. drag queens. And the stars of it 
are the owners of Hamburger Mary's, these two brothers, who clearly have never done drag, but they're going to be judging a drag competition. It's so horrible, this show. I wouldn't even, I want nothing to do with it. Lori did it with her comedian friend, Justice Blaine Wainwright, and they had to redo it. By the way, I do so many shows with Lori, doesn't laugh at any of my jokes. This <laughs> Justice, he could have been talking about uh, the Holocaust, and Lori would be guffawing it up, he couldn't breathe, she was laughing so hard. <laughs> This is, I can't get her to laugh at anything I say. Anyway. Uh, uh, any other thoughts on the Elimination Day? I mean, it was just like a standard. Everything was we love you, we love you, we love you. Well, and this seems to be this is always the way it is, that you, do, you very rarely get a big fight at the end between two queens. Everybody kind of comes together and they realize they're, um, you know, that they've had this common bond, that they've gone through this journey together. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. it's uh, people make up. People all get all, you know, kissy, kissy, you know, you know, let's keep in touch kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not, it's whatever. There's really nothing to say on any, I'm looking at these, at these whole segments here. There's nothing to say. Um, all right. And anything before we move on, Taylor? No. All right. <laughs> well, now that the season may be wrapping up, that doesn't mean things are slowing down over at Patreon. This summer, we have a whole slate of brand new shows. We're covering Drag Race Thailand, Finding Prince Charming, and a whole slew of brand new shows six days of the week. That doesn't include all the live shows, both impromptu and scheduled, that occur throughout the week. Like, for instance, I'm not even joking, uh... Taylor, if anyone heard this uh, first response from yesterday, I was in the middle of the day. Evan texted me and said, would you mind going on live with me on Patreon? I need to talk about this Survivor finale. I'm so worked up. I want to talk about it. And he went on the air and he did like, not only did he do 15 minutes with me, then he went on a walk and did another 20 minutes into his phone. And we posted that all on Patreon later. But you can get impromptu shows like that often. On Patreon. It's an amazing thing. Also, you know, we didn't talk about... I went to the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know if you know that, Taylor. And Oh, uh, you don't say. Yeah. And on the rumor mill, we did a full recap of my entire experience at the finale. Right? So I gave you a couple of stories in the first response. But I did a full recap of the finale of what happened, who did what, who said what, what we're going to see, what songs, my thoughts, what's going to happen, who, everything. It's a full rumor mill recap. You can get that right now if you join at the $3 level at patreon.com. You can go back to that rumor mill and hear, if you're dying to hear what happened at the finale, I give a full rundown from my own perspective. Um, also, this week, Taylor, if you, cause don't take my word for it. You know, I, I obviously have a vested interest in saying these things. This week, uh, we talked to Patreon supporter April about her own Patreon experience. Take a listen. You know, we put out so many shows. Do you ever get annoyed by how many shows we put out? No, I'm the opposite. I am probably the annoying person who just wants all the content. I listen to all of the shows. Um, but my favorite shows are definitely the ones that involve you, Lori, bantering. But I really like Shannon now, too, on the T. Like, this is, might be my new favorite show. Yeah, I shouldn't say you, Taylor. Get over Yeah, thanks. I noticed that. Uh, Shannon's a new addition. She, which, by the way, she, you're going to hear Shannon a bit. I think she doesn't really understand what this is, which I think is kind of funny to me. That she, I don't think so either. But I think that she's going to like what she's getting into. Yeah, I think I think I don't think she really understands what it is. Now, April, what would you say? What would you tell someone who was like on the fence about whether they should join Patreon? Why should they do it? 
Okay, so there are many reasons that I joined Patreon, but one of them is that I just, it really cheers. Like, it brings my mood up all the time. It's so funny. It's so cheerful. Um, and I really like the community in Patreon because not only are you getting content, but like the live streams and everything is great. You meet a lot of people. You talk to a lot of people. For example, Lori did in like an impromptu Instagram live show today, Fat Camp. Wait, before we get to that, I, Lori does impromptu shows in the goddamn chat room. Whenever she's in the chat room, she's in the Lori Roggenkamp show. That's why I don't look at the chat room. There's a whole other show going on with Lori Roggenkamp when she's in the chat room. Is that going on today, Taylor? Yes, it's going on today. Yeah, the Lori Roggenkamp show, only on on our live stream. It? With her flip-up sunglasses. And what? Just, like, every, everything just strings together. And I don't know. I love Patreon. It's my favorite part of every day. <laughs> All right, so what are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and join at the $3 level to enjoy all this and more. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Taylor, now let's talk about actually now when we come back from that after the Elimination Day, it's the Queens Everywhere song performance. Did you have any big thoughts on uh, the the performance of Queens Everywhere? I thought the Queens did an okay job. I, I don't know that anybody really wowed me as much. I thought that I liked... I honestly thought I liked Brooke until I was apparently told by the judges that I wasn't supposed to like Brooke. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing, though, that was a definite distraction Mm -hmm. was anytime they have these dancers, we always talk about how hot these dancers are, Mm -hmm. right? There's always at least one or two. Mm -hmm. And there was one that showed up a couple of times that was super cute. And he, he reminded, he was one of the dancers when... Akiria was was first dancing and he had a beard and he kind of looked like this Diego Sands. Do you know who Diego Sands is? Diego Sands. I know that name. Who is he? Is he a porn star? He's a porn star. He does a lot of stuff for men.com. He used to do stuff with Randy Blue. Mm-hmm. And now he does he, now he's in like every other video mm-hmm. on any and, and I find him to be super, super hot. Mm-hmm. And uh he's he, he so anytime that, that guy was on screen, I definitely was the sort of like whatever I thought I thought Silky turned it out in particular um and I didn't quite realize until I've seen uh screen captures on Reddit that she was jumping out of a uh a bathroom stall yeah I didn't realize that either until I saw that on Reddit as well yeah yeah and it's one of these where I saw it and it was attached to something that said when you're at the gay bar doing a t- taking a dump and into you here into you come on the dance floor mm-hmm. so the way she came jumping at everything so that that made me laugh um but and also I'm seeing something in the chat room saying that the uh the song not good. The, no. the, the queens are everywhere is not she's Rue. I think Rue is trying to catch lightning in a bottle two times with Call Me Mother. Mm-hmm. And because when this this song came out a couple of weeks ago on Apple Music, I listened to it and it sounds like it was made 
to add lyrics to. Yeah. Where she doesn't really say anything. She just kind of was sort of like that. She's a super queen. Yeah. And then there's really these big spaces of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's that's not a good look <laughs> for for music. That that that's something where you want her to do her own thing. And I I was not impressed with the song. Yeah, I think RuPaul is going through a thing where now it's just she's going through the motions, you know. I read a rumor, I don't know if it's true or not, but they, they plan to take a, a longer break after season 12. And I hope I hope that's true because I think Ru needs to recharge her batteries in terms of the show because it just seems now like the songs are being made. They're being made for the show. You know what it reminds me of? He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, all right? Uh-huh. I'll tell you what I mean is... Before He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, they made toys out of cartoons that were already popular. Oh, that cartoon's popular? We're going to make toys out of it, right? Yeah. But then He-Man was the first cartoon that was made specifically to promote toys. Right. And so it sort of feels like that now where... (laughs) And make little boys in the 80s gay. (laughs) Oh, were you gay for this He-Man? I loved He-Man. Have you ever seen? I had, I had all the He-Man of the dolls. Have you ever seen my gay Prince Adam? Your gay Prince? You have a Prince Adam doll? Mm-hmm. That's gay. No. Oh, you never seen? It? We'll do it. We'll do it soon. I'll, I'll, well, I'll I mean, I've it. seen the Prince Adam, the one they've released a Prince Adam that came. That was a Comic Con. Then the pink shirt and the purple pants. Yeah, yeah, I got that one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I had whenever whenever John Paul goes to Comic Con, I'll pick some toy that I want from there. He brings it back for me. Okay. And that was the one. We never talked about any drama with this. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. I'll, I mean, I'm going to put a note to talk to you about it after the air. Uh, okay. In front of the, the listeners here now, but no one cares about it here. Um, all right. Prince Adam. Okay. Um, but the point I'm making is that this RuPaul is now just making shows Making in other words, in the past, the show highlighted RuPaul's catalog. By the way, at the finale, every so they always take these long breaks. I don't know if I told you this, uh-huh. but I went to the finale on Monday. And, oh, you don't say no. And uh, yeah, I did. And um, anytime there's a break, they have about five minute breaks. Um, they play music, and it's always from the RuPaul catalog. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's the same. I heard uh, Peanut Butter a hundred times uh, Monday. Oh God! Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they only, they only play so many songs, you know? Yeah. And um, anyway, so before RuPaul had a catalog of music that they pulled from, and that made sense. But now it seems like they're making music specifically for the show. It, 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 the, the, now it's the, uh, uh, the tail is wagging the dog. Yeah. You know? And so because of that, we're getting shitty music that's just made so that the queen can add a verse, or it's only made specifically so they can promote it on the show or be the runway song or whatnot. Um, and um, it, 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 the music then therefore suffers as a result. Not that RuPaul's music was already this great music anyway, but <laughs> but it, they were, to use the parlance of the young, they were bops, you know, some of them. And, yeah. Uh, and so anyway, so that's, that's the thing. And there. Call Me Mother definitely was one of those that fit that yes that was one that i think that that's why she's you know where i think a lot of the music you just sort of hear you know mm-hmm. like the realness is a song that really she only has like four lines in it that she just says over and over again yeah whereas call me mother was fully fully um flushed out lyrics and stuff like that that you're just like oh this is a plus it's also got that great beat mm-hmm. whereas this song was just sort of mm-hmm. well you know um 
you, it, 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 it's I forgot I lost my train of thought what I was going to say there. But you know, um, in terms of the performance, I barely remember any of their performances. I'd have to watch them again, but I barely remember any of them. They were so not memorable. There were no ver- there were no epic verses like you've had in years past. It it's mm-hmm. comes to it seems to me. I will say it seems to me that the only people, unless I can think of other examples that are really good at this, are the all stars. Because they have the confidence to pull off the lyrics, you know? These girls don't know how popular they were going to be or are. Because it seemed, think about all the great ones. All-Stars 2 had a great one. Kitty Girl All-Stars 3 had a great one. All-Stars 4 was not so good. No, I was going to say All-Stars 4 was that, that was the Super Queen one, which yeah, was horrible. Which was horrible. But, but now we're starting to... All-Stars 2 and 3 had better drag queens. You know, now they're starting to, dig, now they're starting to like use up all the... Um, all-stars people they can you know when i was at the finale i don't know if i told you i went to the finale taylor oh you don't say yeah uh there were all these people there that you're like oh you know they're here because they are vying to get on all-stars like this kamora black and this uh nicole page brooks and this uh uh pandora box even people who had been on all-stars before you know they're there because they're trying to get their eyes in front of world of wonder like look at me look at me look at me angina was there well it's feeling like anytime you see read any sort of review or um, of an episode, or you listen to other podcasts, they all seem to end with, well, they're clearly going to go to All-Stars. Well, not everybody from season 11 can go to All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Who do you so, think? This was asked of me yesterday. I, and I was going go, to say, we should go through the list, go down the list, and see who we think is All-Star worthy. Well, so, look, here's the thing. Well, and we'll go through that list right now. Let's just assume, though, for the sake of the list, anybody who makes it to the finale and doesn't win is not necessarily a shoe in, but a strong contender for all stars. So, okay, because I, I, the four. I feel as though not everybody that's in the top four is necessarily an all star contender. So I can only think of knowing... one. I can only think of one that wouldn't be. Okay. All right. So, who was the first one to go home? Was Soju? Do you think Soju would no. be on the season of all stars? No. No. Okay. Who was next to go home? The next one to go home I thought, was Kahana Montrese. Do you think she's All-Stars? No. Boring. Okay. What about, uh, was the next one Mercedes? I believe the next one was a Mercedes, wasn't it? Uh, I that think sounds so, right. yeah. yeah. Mercedes Iman Diamond. I'm going to pull it up while you say that. What do you think okay. of Mercedes Iman Diamond? I think No. No, she's boring. Remember that? I think yeah. one of the reasons she went home, well, she went, she had shitty drag, but also she was just so. But she didn't want to talk about her religion. Uh, she, I mean, I'm not saying she, I'm not saying she should have or not. But like, if you're trying to stay on this TV show, uh, you have to talk about uh, this religion that you're doing. Yeah, or do you have to give you have to give the producers what they want? Is what I'm trying to say. Right. Okay. So then the next one to go home. Oh, I'm sorry. Before Mercedes Iman Diamond was Honey Davenport. I think Honey Davenport would be on an All-Stars, but one of the first ones to go home. Oh, really? I don't know if she She, she was so invisible. She wasn't even invisible. She was even invisible on the episode where she came back. I think she... Was she looking like trade, though? That was worth it. Um, I think she could come back, but she would be sort of a, you know, you, Mimi, I'm first, was number third in the... <laughs> yeah. They needed a sense. They needed somebody to go home first. I feel like, honey, that would be honey. All right. Who's next? Ariel Versace. Yes, I think Ariel Versace could be a could be a contender for an All Star. She did. She was good. She did good television. So yes, I think she's, she she might be ripe for like maybe a possible redemption. I agree with you. Scarlet Envy. No. Oh, really? 
Yeah. yeah I, see, I see Scarlet Envy as a strong contender for an All-Stars. Okay. Interesting. What about Raja O'Hara? No. Yeah, I agree with you. Plastique Tiara. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm up in the air about that one because she has the look, but she's boring. Uh, I think, yeah, but I, I feel like there's that House of Edwards thing of where that sort of is a, they're expected to kind of go back. I just mm-hmm. sort of assume, though Laganja didn't go back, but you figure... Shangela did, Alyssa did, Gia did. Well, Laganja has famously, they wanted her back. She has said no. She is okay. now changing her mind and she might be open to it. Okay. Now that she's got, now that there's some time under her belt. You know, to be honest with you, that, that wasn't necessarily an unwise move. No, so, I, so, I don't disagree yeah, with that. As they run out of drags, you know, she probably would have been buried in other ones. And now coming forward, she might have, she could revise her career even more, have a stronger sense of she's changed and a, rev- and a, and a, and a, an arc to her story. She, she could, she could be like a Latrice, like a Latrilla kind of thing coming back for this season after being, after not being on the show for so many years. Yeah. But I'm just saying, but also maybe like a Roxy Andrews, a redemption arc. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she, if she does it she, and, and if she's put, if she picks a good year where she's not, Against some really strong contenders, which is starting to thin out, and who could do it? I think she would do very, very well. Uh, okay, next we have Sugar Kane. Sugar Kane, I would like to see on a season of All Stars. I'd like to see. She was kind of boring television, but I think they would make her come. She would come back. She, has, I think, she has a good. She has a better chance than the other ones that we've named so far. Yeah, Nina West. No, I don't ever want to see Nina West on an All-Stars. That's, of course, I clearly think that she would be great on an All-Stars. Uh, yes, they will definitely bring her back for an All-Stars. Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. I'm going to say no. <gasps> I you... don't think that she would. I don't think that. Uh, I mean, I have a feeling, though, she would come to the opening of an envelope. So maybe that's that's wrong. I, I don't know. I mean, she, it feels like she kind of got her chance by coming back this season. Mm-hmm. But then they did the same thing with Shangela, and then Shangela went on. Okay, I changed my mind. Vanessa would be on an all-star season. Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. now, of the four, Evie, Silky, Brooke, Akira, you said that there's some you don't think would come back from an all-star. I don't think Akira would come back. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Silky would come back. <gasps> I think – I and he, and hear me out. Silky began and ended this season talking about how she wants a cooking show. So she wants her own platform – she thinks she is worth her own platform for World of Wonder via a cooking show or an uh or a fashion review, fashion view review, whatever the hell that show is with mm-hmm. uh Raven and Rajas. So I think that for her to come back to this would be beneath her, and she would be expecting to be get her own platform versus having to compete against other queens again. I think um you're wrong. I think she would want it for a redemption arc because she saw how she came off during the season. And, um, yeah. Okay. She wouldn't, 100%. Yeah. So I I could see Evie coming back. Mm-hmm. And I could see, uh, can I see Brooke coming back? Mm-hmm. I think they could offer Brooke a chance to come back. I don't know that Brooke would take it. I think she would. I think they. I think they're all thirsty. I think they all take it. Okay. Um. All right. Now, Taylor, you know what it's time for? The looks. It's time for the looks. Today, the category is best drag. 
you have your looks pulled up there, Taylor? I do. So, who who do you want to go? What order do you want to go in? Well, we'll go in the order they came out. Uh, okay. The first one out was Brooke. She came, went back to her ballet roots on this one. Came out like a ballet dancer. Uh, what were your thoughts on this, Taylor? I thought she looked beautiful. I don't know that it was necessarily appropriate for last drag on the runway. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely worked for her as far as the lip sync later on. But I think some of the other queens we've seen in times past that that final runway look, other than the finale, should be opulence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be regal. It should be beautiful. It should be some sort of evening gown. And I felt like it, while she looked great, I would give this probably a six. Mm-hmm. Considering right. considering the pageantry of the last runway. All right. Very good. Uh, I think I agree with you. I think I would give it a six as well. I think it was, it fit the, cha- I don't know if it fit the challenge. That, that's her, I think her come out in better drag. I think that was one of the comments on the runway is, this is your best drag. Not that it's bad drag. This is your best drag. We've seen you in better drag this season. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of agree with that. And so uh, I think that's why I give it a six. Speaking of not seeing people this season, I found it interesting that Carson was back. And I kind of loved Carson's green jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What did you think of RuPaul's looks? Um, I don't remember it. So that, that should tell you right there. I don't remember how Ru looked. She's wearing a purple, very big purple, almost like Barbie style. Oh, yeah. No, I did not like that. I did not like that. It looked very, it looked very much like, and I think I've used this analogy before, the thing that you would, that your grandmothers would knit, that would make a dress for a Barbie that could sit in a roll of toilet paper. That's kind of what that means. Yeah. All right. Next down the runway, we had uh, Silky Nutmeg Ganache. She was doing a nude illusion gown with shades of pink. Taylor, give me your thoughts here on this outfit. This was the prettiest Silky's looked all season. Mm-hmm. I thought Silky looked great with the cinched waist. Mm-hmm. I thought her hair was great. I thought the dress was very flattering um, for the most part for a girl of size. And I thought I thought she looked very pretty. I liked the co- I liked the use of the nude color with the the the, the different colored stones that went mm-hmm. uh, the beading that went down it. So I would I would give this for Silky. Well, not for just for Silky for anybody. I'd say she was a solid eight. I think I'd give it a seven. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think from I seen online, that's Akira's wig. Because someone wrote on a medium, like the real winner of this season, Akira's wig. <laughs> show all the times that it showed up during the season. So. Yes, and I noticed that too. That I said, she's got an Akira's wig, which came around the corner. I forgot yeah. that until you just said it. Very good. The next one down the runway, we had Vanessa Vanji Mateo wearing a Vivian Lee uh, Gone with the Wind style with a t- hint of Latina. Uh, Taylor, what were your thoughts of Vanessa Vanji Mateo here? I thought the dre- the dress color was great. I love that emerald, dark emerald green, and I definitely was getting like a Latina Vivian Lee, uh, Vivian Lee mm-hmm. with the dark hair, which we usually see her with Vanji with lighter hair. So to see her with that dark, dark hair was very, very mm-hmm. was very pretty. It made it made her sexier than mm-hmm. I think. There's times that when she has the blonde hair and with the, the amount of uh, base that she wears she gets kind of washed out for yeah. me or at mm-hmm. least with my tv and this kind of it reminded me of when roxy did a look during all stars that was kind of um flamenco dancer inspired where she had the really really dark straight hair the dark features and she looked really really beautiful mm-hmm. this reminded me of that 
I guess my one concern was that while the dress was beautiful and it was a different silhouette from her that we normally mm-hmm. see, it there was something off about it. Mm-hmm. I think it was that the skirt was not was not uh, fitted properly. Mm-hmm. And I get that she also was had to take that off to do the lip sync, mm-hmm. but it just kind of almost felt like there was just sort of buttoned on in the back mm-hmm. and it didn't like, it didn't drape like I would have liked to have seen it drape. But I mean, I mean this for this look for me, I would give the, I would give this like a 7.5. I think I'd give it a seven. I think I'd give yeah. it a seven. So we're very close today. We're very, very close, Taylor. Yeah. All right. Next down the runway, we have Evie Oddly, who's wearing. We haven't done Akira. Oh, she's last. No, Akira wasn't last. Akira was one of the first ones out. Mm, I wrote this down as they came out. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Akira was standing all the way over to the standing all the way over to the left when they started going through uh, deliberation. Do they do the deliberations in the exact order that they... Uh... I thought they did, but I guess they did. I'm sorry. So, uh, Evie Oddly, I'm sorry. No, we could do, if, uh, Look, Taylor has a boner for doing Akira. We can uh, we can do Akira I like right order now. in my life. I like to know what to expect. You're going to be really and- embarrassed when you watch rewatch this episode. <laughs> All right. All right. So who, who are we doing? Evie We're doing Akira. You, for some reason, you're obsessed with Akira. Okay. Uh, well, Akira was wearing a pageant, a blue pageant gown with like with with like bejeweled pageant gown. Your thoughts on this, Taylor? I thought she looked beautiful. I loved the dress. It was old school pageant. It was pageant all the way. Um, but I didn't even necessarily recognize that it went from a sapphire into an amethyst mm-hmm. at the bottom, where then the bottom was a different color. But that type of detail, once I realized that, I loved this dress all the more. Um, I thought she looked right. I'm glad that Silky was wearing her hair and she didn't have on the same fucking big hair that she seems to have on all the time. So I would give this look an eight. I think I'd give it a seven. Okay. I mean, it's close. Yeah. Everyone look. I mean, this is their best drag. All right. Finally, even though it's not how it came down the runway. <laughs> Evie Oddly, she was wearing a, like a couture gown with three eyes, three fingers, and three boobs. Uh, Tana the Latte Boy, any thoughts here on Evie Oddly? This, this was Evie's chance to shine, and I think that she grabbed it. Mm-hmm. I think that this look was... It, it was very much the elegant Evie that we have seen hints of, particularly with the organic challenge early on that shows just how well she can be beautiful and strange all at the same time. And I thought this, I thought this look was great. I loved that there were three tits Mm -hmm. in the front. Um, The eye thing, when I first saw that, it reminded me of Katya. Mm -hmm. When Katya came out and pulled off her bangs and had the uh, the uh, pentagram yeah and i thought okay well this is just a replay of something else but then when i realized there was more detail of the three fingers and the three boobs and she also kind of made reference to like where she had the little you know starfish type bejeweled thing on her butthole in the Mm -hmm. back so there was enough camp and enjoyment of something weird but yet beautiful and i love the hair she had three knots in her hair with the with the rope hair just a Mm -hmm. great look so i'm gonna give this look a nine I give it a nine too. There you go. I give it a nine as well. Very good, Taylor. Very, very, very good. Well, that's gonna do it for the looks. For the looks. 
All right. On the main stage, RuPaul trotted out that old standby of talking to your young childhood self. Akira spoke to Gregory. Brooks gave advice to Brock. Silky cheered on Reggie. Vanjie encouraged Jose. And Evie cheered for Giovanni. After the judges deliberated, Ru brought out the girls and pitted Brooklyn Heights up against her boyfriend, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, Pride, A Deeper Love. In the end, Brooke got a ticket to the finale while Vanjie was asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? So I figured at some point Mm -hmm. it was going to be Brooke versus Vanjie. There was no way that they weren't going to have either Brooke versus Vanjie or Silky versus Evie either in this episode or at the finale. Mm -hmm. So I can see why they chose to do this this time. What do you mean? Um, When you were, you and I had a private conversation where you asked me not to spoil anything, but you were going to speculate out loud about who would go head to head in this episode. And you never once named Brooke versus Vanjie. Well, the only person that I talked to, uh, okay, but I, I figured if Brooke and Vanjie made it to the finale, it would work out to where they would go against each other. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, because it's it's too good of an opportunity for television, much like Silky versus Evie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's similar to Sasha versus Shay. Mm-hmm. Sasha versus Shay, where. I uh, there's part of me that thinks that when Trinity picked Peppermint, mm-hmm. she thought it would be hard for Sasha versus Shay to lip sync against each other because they were such good friends. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there was some strategy there two years ago. Mm-hmm. So we have this opportunity to kind of repeat that only they're they're you know boyfriends at this point. So so the, we to. I think the audience wanted this on some level. They wanted to see that gladiator fight of two people that really like each other going mm-hmm. against one another mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Um, much like they would want to see if it, if there wasn't this resolution of Evie versus Silky, they would have wanted to see that or either now or at the finale. Like mm-hmm. I said, I don't know who lip syncs again, who in the finale. I don't want to know until I actually watch it. Yeah. But I oh, would have That been was a surpri- question. I said, remember, I said, watch the final episode because he, Taylor was debating whether to ask me what happened at the finale. And I said, watch the final episode and come up to come to your conclusion. So you've come to the conclusion you want to wait for the finale. Yeah. I okay. want to wait for the finale at this point. All right. So, right. Uh, Bag of Chips UK is asking in the chat room, how did Brooke end up in the bottom two? It should have been a or Silky. But that's what I'm saying is that I think that the reason Brooke was in the bottom two, because they knew Vanjie was in the bottom two. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of knew that Vanjie had gone as far as she could go at this point. And that it was, it was always, this was always going to be the week unless she totally pulled it out. Mm-hmm. This was going to be the week that Vanjie was going home, that she mm-hmm. got, she had her, she had her redemption she had her storyline. She had her moment in the sun. Mm-hmm. But just to kind of, you know, thank you for everything. See you later sort of thing. Yeah. So I feel like if they knew that, that it would make for much more dramatic television if it was Brooke. Because I didn't think Brooke was that bad in the video. No, and I thought it, Brooke but- was a great dancer. And I thought Brooke looked great. I definitely feel like she looks better than Akira Because Akira's like glitter uh, wig it kept getting caught in her mouth. 
Look, it was one of these things where they knew from the very beginning of the episode that they were going to pit Brooke versus Vanjie. And then they started doing that thing where, again, it's wagging the dog, where they're going to make it happen. They, instead of just letting it happen organically. In fact, I think people would have been more forgiving if they would have been like, ah, oh, you were all fine, but we have to do two people. We'll do Brooke versus Vanjie, right? And mm-hmm. Vanjie was a little worse. We don't know who else to put, whatever. But then they started doing this fake thing where Brooke was awful and boring. And you're like, ugh. You were so told to say that because she was so fine in the whole thing. Silky right. was a lot messier. It should have been Silky versus Vanjie. But the problem is it probably would have been Vanjie sending Silky home. And they want Silky going in the finale. So I, I talked about this in the first response. I mean, the show is yeah. now just a parody of itself. The way they think. It's one of these things where they think they're so much smarter than the audience. And I think that's always the downfall of a show. I think yeah. Game of Thrones, I know you don't watch it, Taylor, you hate Game of Thrones, but yeah. this Game of Thrones, I feel this season is doing the same thing. They think they're so much smarter than the audience. Now, maybe they are, but for the handful of people that respect the intelligence of both of these shows, they're starting to have their intelligence insulted where it seems like you think we're really that stupid, that we can't see the machinations behind the screen, that we can't see Randy and Fenton pulling the strings like puppets. You know, We can see the strings, Randy and Fenton. No, you're tricking no one. It's like, it's like watching peter pan the musical you see this peter pan and the strings it's not fooling anybody right and so just let it happen or let the show happen organically but that goes to what we were saying is because now that the queens make so much more money for the companies after the show they start trying to engineer the show about who will make them the most money after the show is done right so uh it's just it's just stupid as far as the lip sync goes yeah (laughs) i thought that in the beginning, they were very camera heavy on Vanjie. Mm-hmm. And there was part of me that thought, oh, my God, Brooke's going home. Oh, really? Like, this would be the shocker. Because they usually, the one that's doing better, they tend to focus on. And then it seemed to switch. And I get that Brooke did the whole thing on point. There's part of me that kind of felt like she was, you know, relying on that body, that ballerina body by doing mm-hmm. that. But... I also thought with her arm movements and her face, she told a story mm-hmm. while she's told, she told a story of this ballerina and it reminded me though, nowhere near as good. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of when Sasha did, it's not right, but it's okay at the finale mm-hmm. in that you kind of watch the arc of this character through the course of the song. Mm-hmm. And that in itself was enjoyable to watch. Um, I was it will it go down as one of the greatest lip syncs of all time? No, but no, not even close. It, it was it was fair. It 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 kind of sums up this entire episode. Mm-hmm. It was a fair episode, mm-hmm. not a good episode, not a horrible episode. It was fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people in the chat room are pointing out that Todrick is raving about. Uh, silky yeah Todrick's no different than this Michelle Visage where they just tell the producers what do you want me to say and then they just say it like it's it's so obvious this Todrick calls a piece of shit I hate him thank you okay Michelle Visage is no favorite of mine either no I know thank you all right any other final thoughts on the episode Taylor nope I think I said everything there is to say I can't believe we stretched it out and 
this long. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 11. So, for Tato the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B E T A N C E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at DragRaceRecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at HelloUglies.com and Catching Up at CatchingUpPodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.